What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hooper's Delight with EBC and Coach Key. We're here to give you guys basketball content, not just from the high school aspect, but also from the college, professional, and women's basketball side of things. Not only that, we're going to expand on topics such as our faith, work ethic, the things that we do, how we impact the community, and the change that we're trying to bring to the Valley. Yes, sir. We've been excited to do this for a long time. We've talked about it for a long time, and, and now, now here we are. I, I think Coach Key, out of anybody I've met in the basketball world, and we'll talk a little bit about our, our experiences, our past, in the game, within the game, Coach Key is somebody who has a voice that needs to be heard. If you're a basketball fan, tune in, because this guy is going to educate, and, and anybody that has aspiration, goals, to be a hooper, or if you're just a fan in general, just if you nerd out with this type of stuff, this is a podcast for you. And like he said, we're going to implement things such as faith, uh, etc. So here we go. Let's, let's jump into it. Tell us a little bit about who you are, the lion, Coach okay. Keyshawn Liggins. So for my life and my story and why I do what I do, I'm a personal trainer out here that trains kids from all over the valley, not just high school kids, middle school kids, elementary kids. I also have professional athletes as well as some college uh, players right now, both on the men's and women's side. Um, I have a lot of experience playing basketball. I've been playing since I was five years old. I went to three different high schools in four years and four different colleges in four years. So I've experienced quite a, quite a lot. So, um, and then in my career, I was able to, you know, I was very fortunate to get drafted into the NBA G League and go to the Grand Rapids Drive fourth round, 21st pick. Um, our coach that came over that was actually the head coach of the Pistons got coach of the year with the Toronto Raptors the year before. And then he came to to the Pistons, so I got to meet him and, and Coach Casey. Mm -hmm. You coach Dwayne coach, Casey, mm -hmm. yep. So Coach Casey, he was the head coach of the Pistons, which was the NBA affiliate um, that we are we are for. Grand Rapids Drive is now in uh, in Colorado, and it used to be in in Michigan in Grand Rapids. So um, so I had my experience there. I got to learn and play alongside of some of these guys that are currently. Um, in the NBA and I've had experience at the time I was there Derrick Rose was on the Pistons Blake Griffin was on the Pistons Reggie Jackson Luke Kennard Bruce Brown those guys were on the Pistons and then our G League team was a little bit different We had Zach Lofton and Keenan Evans as our two-way players And then we had a bunch of guys from all over that were that were selected and um, picked up on the team And so I was there for the training camp um, My career in the G League was kind of short I went to training camp was about to start the season and I had some life things that had happened And I decided that I was just gonna go back to school and finish my degree um, in college, I was fortunate to get player of the year as well as I finished second in national player of the year. Um, and I broke a ton of records at my school, was listed on all different types of All-American teams. And um, I just have a lot of experience over the course of time, not just from playing, but from training as well. Yeah, absolutely. So been there, done that, yep. you could say, at every level. And I myself, uh, I'm a basketball junkie. I'm a coach's kid. Um, I grew up with the gift of passing a basketball. Yep. The Lord has blessed me with the ability to pass a basketball. I set, I set some assist records in the state of Oregon. I went to two different high schools, um, started a varsity as a freshman, sixth man, started a few games um, on a very successful team, transferred high schools after two years to uh, a little bit more competitive level, the highest level in Oregon uh, at the time, um, led that team to their first uh, district championship over a Kevin Love-led Lake Oswego team. I actually played against Kevin Love in high school. We beat them out for uh, the league championship my senior year. I got to go play at University of Oregon. Um, you know, like I said, uh, past first point guard, 
uh, high IQ, really understand the game within the game, see things happen before they happen, and, and just, uh, just love the game of basketball, love the pace, love the ability to be creative. Um, that's why I love basketball more than I love a sport like baseball. Baseball may have been uh, a better sport for me. Basketball was my love and my passion because of uh, the way I was able to express myself. And, and, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point, uh, the ins and outs of the game, how, can you, how you can express yourselves in different ways. Um, but yeah, pass first point guard, went to uh, California Lutheran University down in Los Angeles, right near UCLA, um, over by Pepperdine and stuff, went there for a year. Played for Coach Rich Ryder, who used to be at Boise State, was there for a year. Um, didn't work out for me uh, because of some life issues as well. Went to Oregon State, put on 20 pounds of muscle, knew some of the coaches. I had a club teammate that had, uh, that had signed with Oregon State. Some guys I grew up with were, were over there. They lost the point guard that they had brought in from Serbia towards the end of the season. Gave me an opportunity to walk on. Was with them for the spring and summer working out. Got, to the, uh, got there the following year and was ineligible because of my grades at Cal Lutheran the previous year. Um, once again, life situations, but had an opportunity to be a part of a program up until I found out I was not eligible. Um, so went and hit the JC scene for a little bit um, and ultimately uh, ended up getting out of Oregon, going down to the Bay Area and ended up playing baseball to, to end my college career, try to get back into baseball. But basketball is my love. My passion, I've started two club basketball teams, one in Central Oregon, one out here in the Valley, uh, out here in Boise, Idaho, and uh, not doing it any longer, doing this. Uh, I've done some media stuff, but love the game, and love you, love hanging out with you, love talking ball with you, and we've been doing it for the last, whatever, four years since, right. since you caught me at the very right. start of me doing the EBC media thing, and, and uh, one of my favorite things to do, man, is, is talk ball with you, mm -hmm. so... This is, this is a pleasure. Uh, shout out to our guy, Caden Procise, who, who's behind the scenes here, CDM Productions. Give him a follow. Uh, the best of the best out here, man. Appreciate you doing this. But let's jump into it. Okay. Like we talked about, we're going to talk about some high school basketball because we're in Idaho. Yeah. Got a lot of fans out here, a lot of followers, a lot of kids you train, a lot of kids that know me. Um, so we're going to give them some love. We're going to talk about the girls' basketball at all levels when we can. We're going to talk about some college ball and some NBA basketball. And just I want you to share your feel and your understanding for the game because it is, it is needed, especially in a place like this, that I feel is uh, behind when it comes right. to the game of basketball. And, and we're going to say some things that may trigger some people, may upset some people. We are positive, fun-loving guys. Uh, we care about people first and foremost, but we are going to be honest and we are going to be truth tellers because that is what's needed to progress in our opinion, especially within the game of basketball and within life. Um, so we're going to jump straight into the Hawaii holiday tournament. Hawaii is the top basketball program at this point, in my opinion, in the state of Idaho. Uh, they are really changing the game. I think we'll have maybe a separate episode uh, for that because we're going to need a full Right. full 30 to 45 minutes to talk about that. But they have put together with what they've established and built the last couple of years with, you know, they're traveling, playing on ESPN, playing Bryce James. They, they've got some clout. They've got some street cred, if you right. will. They've put together, in my opinion, the biggest tournament the state of Idaho is ever going to see up to this point. And they're yep. bringing in four teams from out of state, along with the top four rated teams, probably in our opinion, in the state of Idaho, and we start this Thursday at Hawaii High School, 
And I'll throw the bracket out there real quick, and then we'll start talking about the games and, and, and what we know. First game is Sheldon High School out of Sacramento. Um, they are going to be playing Madison from back east in Pocatello. Madison is currently ranked second in the state at the 5A level. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that game. Uh, the, the second game, the 5 o'clock game, is Pocatello, who's got a Boise State commit point guard, Julian Bowie. We'll talk about him. They play Corona Centennial, nationally ranked team, always one of the top teams in California. They've got an Arizona commit, a UCLA commit, amongst others. We'll talk about that game. And then the host, Hawaii, uh, Hawaii. Hawaii plays at 630 against Ironwood, one of the top teams out of Arizona each year. My, my college buddy actually is their head coach, Jordan Augustine, went to school with him. Really excited to see him get a shot and show what his team can do against Hawaii. And, uh, and then we've got, at 8 o'clock, we got Hillcrest against Salesian. Salesian High School is out of Oakland. They're one of the top-rated teams in the country and in California right now as well. So we'll touch on that. So Coach Key, you, you know these guys out here. You know a little bit about these other teams based on some research we've done. We got Madison High School playing in the first game against Sheldon from Sacramento, who's a little bit down this year. They still got a Sac State commit. What do you expect from that? Touch on Madison, some of their guys, and let's, let's, start, let's start rolling with this. Well, first, with Madison, I would say they were extremely well coached. And on top of that, they have a great point guard in Nash Humphreys, and they got Barrett Wilson that's a, that's a forward for them. And both of those guys had great summers, have been performing well in club. I've seen Nash play for the last couple of years, and he's just a savvy point guard, high IQ. Um, he's very efficient. Um, he's not, he, doesn't take, he doesn't gamble, and um, he plays the right way. You can tell he's, he's definitely a coach's, uh, a coach's kid. And then um, Bear Wilson, I've seen some of the dunks that he's been doing over the, the course of the summer and some of the preseason and early season. Um, athletic kid, and those two play a one and two punch that's really good. So I, I'm actually really excited to see them compete. One, just to see everybody else that they have, because I know they have other pieces that can contribute. Um, but just to see how they handle a team that comes from a more physical style of basketball. In Idaho, we're not, no disrespect, but we are not, the game isn't officiated in a way that these guys can compete. Through fouls, we have a lot of touch fouls, a lot of tic-tac fouls, and a lot of times the inconsistency makes the game hard to follow. And so... Um, it's going to be a little bit different for a California team to come here and try to play according to how the refs are going to call the game. So if they let them play, I feel like they'll, they'll be able to you know, survive and not foul out of the game or get early foul trouble. But if they call it how we're used to, used to seeing it, it's going to be a little bit more uh, uh, finesse more so than just power and boot strength. So um, does, I'm that, excited. does that benefit the Idaho teams if, if, if it is officiated and played more finesse? In your opinion, is that going to benefit – the four Idaho teams against these four teams from Arizona and California that, like you said, they play, it's a different game. It's right. a completely different game. Is that going to, is that going to benefit these Idaho teams or not? Well, in my opinion, I think that it does just because when you come from a different place and you're used to playing hand check basketball, you're used to playing where you can ride somebody down the court and not be a foul where here it is a foul or where the most common call here in Idaho is a charge. Um, and in these other States, these guys are already, you know, they're going off of the gather step. Um, you have to be set before the gather step. If they call it how they call it typically here, which is as soon as you're set, you're able to take a charge, then I feel like these other teams are going to struggle and that's going to benefit the Idaho teams. But, um, and that just varies. Some refs may call it different. They may change it just because there's teams from out of state that are coming. But I think that that will benefit the Idaho team because once some of these, these star guys are trying to play a little, bit, a little bit more physical, if they get 2,000 in the first quarter, they're going to sit for the first half and they may miss the first half of the game. So 
Um, and it's just a different style, man. It's not coming from California or playing in Vegas or Texas or any of these places. Um, there's a lot more physical in these other places. We, we, we kind of enable our players to really play physical and play through things. And I think that that will benefit the Idaho kids just as far as they call it that way. But if not, and they call it where they don't call it as much, I think that it could be an even playing field. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see Madison play uh, for me. And, and I, we've argued over this before. Uh, Nash Humphrey and Barrett Wilson, for me, may be the most dynamic duo in the state. I know we got Ike Sutton and Isaac Davis. We'll talk about them later with Hillcrest. But Nash Humphrey was the MVP of the New Balance end of the club season tournament at the 16U level. Um, they won that New Balance tournament uh, and, and that league. And Nash Humphrey was a, a, man, a man amongst boys. And, right. you, and you look at him, and he's a small guard, shifty. He's the type of kid that can carry. Yeah. He, can, he can score 30 any game. And I always love these teams coming from out of state and not having a true feel for who our guys are oh. and really seeing what our guys can do against more top-tier competition. Right. Not, not just a guy like in Idaho team may have a guy or two right these teams are going to have five guys that are probably going to be college players four yep. or five guys that are going to end up being college players and and play at a different pace and, and play at a different level of physicality but these guys have played on the circuit they know Barrett Wilson is a guy who he had 41 last year against uh he had 41 on Hillcrest last year in a matchup that people thought wasn't favorable for him but then uh a, a few games down the road he goes and has eight threes in a game he has 41 at all three levels, and he hits eight threes. Barrett Wilson's a Division One hooper for me, right? But especially with with, with the mental toughness, um, his body's going to fill out. He's going right. to change. I believe he may go on a mission for two years, which is, which is can be extremely beneficial. I'm excited for Madison. I think Madison actually wins this first game. I don't know enough about Sheldon, but I know that a guy like Nash and a guy like Barrett. I believe they're going to put on a show for us. So right. have the cameras rolling in right. that game because I think I think Madison is going to show why they're the second-ranked team in Idaho at the 5A level and, and why they may be the team that can give Hawaii um, the biggest challenge at the right. 5A level. Right. So that being said, and also shout-out Chase Crane. Chase Crane is one of the best on-ball on defenders in, in the state. He's going he's gonna to get a shot to, to experience some different type of athletes in this. I'm, I'm excited to see how Chase Crane does. Uh, football, basketball guy, comes from a really tough, hard-nosed family with a lot of athletes. I'm excited to see what Chase, Chase Crane can do. I got to give him a shout out. Um, game number two, Corona Centennial, who's the biggest name, I would say, right. in this tournament. They've been ranked nationally in the top 10 the past couple years. Um, I think they're number 42 currently. They've got an Arizona commit in Carter Bryant. They've got a UCLA commit as well. And, and they bring it. And they're tough. And they win Section 7. And they, they, they are, I'm excited to have them. And I'm excited to see what our guy, Julian Bowie, can do against a guy that, that looks a little bit more like him. Right. We, we saw what Bowie did a couple weeks ago against Eagle and Meridian, who are two top five 5A teams. 30 both games right. and dominated was clearly the best player on the floor. Pocatello's got some pieces. I want to see what the 6'10 kid Oliveris can do right. against some guys that are going to push back yep. that he can't bully. Right. Um, and then, you know, Kessler Vaughn, their point guard, who, yep. who's their heartbeat. How is he going to respond to guys who are as hard nosed and tough and chirpy as, as he is? Right. It's going to be, I'm really excited to see how Pocatello shows up and responds because they're going to get punched in the mouth. Right. And we haven't necessarily seen that yet. 
What do you think about Julian Bowie, first of all, as Boise State's future point guard, potentially, at least maybe not point guard, depending on our conversation here, what what do you think? But Bowie against Corona Centennial, that's, that's, I'm excited for that, bro. I I sleepless nights until that game. Right. Um, For me, I think with that game is going to be how physical could Pocatello be. And then Julian, from an offensive standpoint, is all like he's he's as good as you can see out here and can shoot the ball extremely well has infinite range um his elevation on his jumper from in his overall athleticism is is of the division one level so um right now i know that he's you know hobbling around a little bit uh, had a little football injury but if he's fully recovered from that i expect a huge game from him and the pocatello guys are tough anybody that's from pocatello and in that area they're tough that's where you're from yeah. That's where you from, so, my guy. There's a lot of tough guys out there, yeah. and it's because of, you know, it's not, everything is not handed to you. Like, out here, there's more things that are handed to you. In Pocatello, you have to go get it out the mud. So, um, I think that Pocatello is going to be really exciting. However, playing against Corona Centennial with Carter Bryant and those guys with two high major Division One players, their size, I think, is going to be an advantage for them and how physical that they're going to be. If they're out physical and they out-rebound, Pocatello, I think it's going to be a struggle, and it just depends on is the point guard from Pocatello is hitting shots as well as Bowie. If they're hitting shots, it can it can cause a run. It can be a little chaotic, but I think in the end, I think Corona Centennial is going to have too much size, too much power, and I don't know if they have enough depth on Pocatello to continue to guard those bigs that they got. Yeah, Pocatello's got a couple other pieces. Parker Smith's a guy that I've seen hit five, six threes in a game. He didn't play as well as I've seen him when he came out here against Eagle and Meridian, but Parker Smith is a guy that in a game like that needs to hit shots. He's going to get shots. And then they got big body off the bench. Um, geez, don't remember the kid's name, but about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, football-looking yeah, player. Good. First game he played, I, I heard he hit three threes. He's going to need more time in this right. game. He's going to have to be on the floor because right. this is going to be a different animal physically, like, like you're saying. Um, and you got an Arizona and a UCLA commit. Like, it's time to show, show up and show yeah. out. So Pocatello is going to get tested. Corona Centennial, um, if you were to ask around or you were to put money on it, is the team most people would probably put their money on to win this tournament. Yep. Right? Um, just based on on who they are and, and their prestige and whatnot. But I'm excited to see our guys, right. Julian Bowie, get to play against some future Pac-12, even though rest in peace, the Pac-12 is right. gone. Pac-12 level guards right. and, and, and athletes. So that, that's going to be a fun one. That's the second game at 5 o'clock uh, at Hawaii. At the first game, Madison and Sheldon's at 3.30. Let's jump over to the nightcaps. Hawaii, uh, the host, um, they play against Ironwood from Phoenix. My boy, Jordan Augustine's team. Um, they've got, uh, I believe the kid's name is Aaron Gift. Uh, he's, got, he's got some offers, uh, Embry-Riddle, uh, some schools like that, some high level NAIA schools. He, he's got some division ones from what I hear. You're kind of circling around, seeing how things go for him this year. They get a Waihee at home. Plenty to talk about with a we, we Like I said, we could do a full episode on that team. What, what, what do you expect here from one of the top teams from Phoenix, Arizona, um, who, has, who, you know, they won a state championship, I, I believe, two years ago, and they always finish they're always at the state tournament. Right. Arizona is a very underrated state for basketball, high yep. school basketball, high school athletics, in my opinion. Yep. What do you expect here? For me, I played basketball my junior year in Arizona, so I know the level of competition that's out there and how good these guys are. And some of these guys, a lot of guys from Arizona, 
they get overlooked because there's so many talented guys there. And if you go to these top schools like Perry and some of these other schools that are out there, you get more eyes on you. So um, with Ironwood coming here, it's going to be a little bit different. The conditions of the weather, how are they going to adapt to the weather? How are they going to adapt to the to just the, the level of play here? And so and especially playing out against the Wahoos that's hosting the tournament, that's going to be a packed house, that's going to have their student section there that is, in my opinion, the best student section in, in Idaho. Um, and so I think a big thing for Ironwood is can they, can they defend the entire game consistently on every player that comes in the game for Hawaii? I think that Hawaii has so much depth. And right now, realistically, they have seven or eight guys that could start. And if those guys went to any other school, they would be starters and probably the star player at any other program. So um, with those guys that they have, and then on top of having USC commit and Liam Campbell, who is really improved from the time that he got here all the way until now, he's put on weight. Um, his, his bag, his offensive bag is more than just bully ball. He has post fades. He has mid post work. He can shoot the three. He has good footwork, good preparation. Now, even what I've seen, uh, the first game they played against Eagle, he's a willing passer now where he'll pass out of traps or pass out of doubles and make the right play. He was super efficient, eight to 10 against Eagle. And, and he didn't seem like he was even trying that hard. So, um, I think that's somebody that you got to stop. And then just those other guys that they have from Logan Haas fight to, um, Bodie Howe that came from Oregon that is a big-time player and also Jackson Rasmussen that those guys all have division one looks and um, an interest so um, it's kind of who, who can you stop and they got guys from Jace Allen that can come in there and it hit you with threes or create shots for everybody else to make the game easier Cam Downey coming in being feisty and Jackson Rogers who's just a dog and, and is always in the right spot so they have so many guys that can come yeah. in and impact the game um, there really is no drop-off when they're when they're playing and it, the guys that they how Coach Harrington subs in these guys. There's always guys that have chemistry and have a good flow. So, and their defense was the most impressive thing to me in their first game against Eagle is they were smothering. They were smothering everybody. Um, they were playing the right way. They weren't playing cheap, um, and they were playing hard. And that's I think the biggest key for for them is how how consistent can they play hard the entire game. And whether shots are falling or not, if they keep the level of pressure up that they've been doing and defending how they defend, I think they'll win this one. Listen, I, I agree with you. And, and Ironwood, I'm talk, talking to Coach Harrington, talking to Coach Graham, talking to these guys. Ironwood is going to be scrappy. They're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. They're going to expect to win. They're well coached. Like I said, a couple of these guys won state titles, uh, a state title. Um, but a Waihee at home, they, they need to shoot the ball well. They're obviously going to focus on Liam. They're gonna, these are going to be different types of athletes. And maybe an Eagle has a Meridian, teams like that. But Liam knows. Liam's right. been there. That's why he's a USC commit. Um, and you're right. His efficiency, at least in that first game that we saw, um, was super impressive. He right. took high percentage shots. He let other guys create. The addition of Bodie Howell from Medford, Oregon, with the Portland, Portland State offer, the junior 6'4 guard who can also play on the wing, to have another guy like that that can pop, in, in an instant. He had 53 points in a game as a sophomore at the 6A level in Oregon. I don't care who it was against. That's impressive for anybody. Right. Right? To have another guy to alleviate the pressure from Liam in that way, which he has not had. Jack Payne was not a, necessarily a score first guy. He's at Colorado State. Jack Payne was an incredible facilitator right. and a human highlight reel. Bodie Howe is another guy that can fill it up and take pressure off of Liam. If Liam's not going or is not finding it, Howell's there, and he can, t he can take on that role, and he'll simplify the game for right. Liam. 
which makes them, for me, so dangerous. Right. You've got Logan Hosfight, who can also go for 40 any night right. like that in right. three quarters. Right. He's that type of guy. The transfer from Mountain View, who, in my opinion, should have been the player of the year last year as a freshman in the league. Nothing against our guy, Liam. Liam also deserved it. But Mountain View won that league outright. Okay? Right. They didn't win the district tournament. They won the league outright. And then he comes over. To, and he came over for a reason. This is something we'll talk about later. He came to be in this position, surround himself with these type of guys, like-minded guys who have the same type of goals, who are on his level. And I think, I think we're going to see him break out at some point because he hasn't broken out yet. They've only right. played a game. Right. They played a night against Rocky Mountain. I hope he can find a flow tonight. Um, but he's going to have a game where we see it. Right. We see that Division One potential, right. that, that killer he is. He's right. your guy. He's your right. day one. Right. That's your guy. And, and so I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him to continue to develop other aspects of his game, his, his ability to create, simplify the game for other players. But his defense has been the single most oppressive thing I have seen. He picked up Russell Gibson, who's probably going to be a first-team All-SIC guard, and he dogged him 94 feet. Right. And at five foot eight, five foot nine, I heard you, you said it recently on a post, if you an undersized guard, if you're not dogging 94 feet, Right, you're you're doing yourself a, a disservice, yep. and and you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, he you've he's obviously listened to you. It was impressive. I can't wait to see him do it against some dogs. Right, to see what right. he can do against Division One type of talent right. and speed and quickness. You know, for three straight days. Right. So Hostvite, Howell, Campbell, that trio probably not going to find a more dynamic yeah. trio. Rasmussen too. Yeah, and we haven't even got there yet. Right. For for me. Rasmussen with the Washington State offer just got done with an Idaho visit. Idaho State wants him. Like, he's 6'7". He's more of a wing feel for me, but he mm -hmm. can bully inside. And that's what he'll do in Idaho this year. Yeah. How's he going to respond? He didn't have a great first game against Eagle, who had some big bodies. Right. He, he ha isn't gotten comfortable yet. This is a big week for him. Right. I think even on the recruiting circuit, right. I think quietly this is a big week for him. I think they need to implement him more. I think he needs to... He needs to find his rhythm, which he will. He can shoot it. He can facilitate if he wants to. He's good on the block. He's crafty. I want to see it. Right. It's in him. It's in right. him. He's gotten more athletic and stronger, and, and yeah. he's, he's going to bust out too. You've got him as well as those three, and yeah. then you come in with, with some – and don't take this the wrong way, fellas. Quintessential role players when it comes to a Cam Downey who's a, a 3 and D, you know, get up in your face, 94 feet type of guy, and he can hit five threes in a game. Right. Rogers the same way, right? Right, and they both got good They're size, They're good physicality. Than everybody else. And Gino, Gino Ariema said it recently. He said he keeps hearing people say like, "Oh, they're just going to be good role players." Everybody has a role, and that's what makes a team great. Right, right. Cam Downey does not have the same skill set as Liam Campbell, but he enhances Liam Campbell. Right. Liam enhances his game. Coaches look for all these type of guys. Right. You you know that. Right. And then we got who I think is the purest point guard in the SIC who came off the bench in the first game, Jace Allen. I don't know if there's a better facilitator than Jace Allen in Idaho. Just pure, true, high IQ facilitator. He got a strap. I know there's guys like Russell Gibson, Hostvite can facilitate as well. You got guys like that. But Jace Allen for me, not just because he's my guy, my family, but man, he changed the game when he came right. in the other day. The right. whole and flow. And he yeah, can defend. And he can defend. When, right. And if he can do that, he got a Carroll College offer. Right. Um, he's Embry Riddle's looking at him. And then you, the D2 school down the road, is looking at him. 
I, I've heard whispers of College of Idaho potentially be interested in defending national champ at the NAIA level. So we'll see. I could talk about a white he all day. There's right. other guys as well. Parker Leaf had a great first game for them. Yeah. Um, but I want to see what they can do against Iron, Ironwood and then potentially Hillcrest or Salesian day two. Right. Um, but I, I got a white he in that game because it's at Me home. Too. Me and too. I think th- these are the games that they build their program for and they've changed the game out here in Idaho for these games. I think right. we're going to be ready. Right. So the last game of the day, Hillcrest versus Salesian from Oakland, who got a bunch of dogs. Right. What do you think about Hillcrest, Salesian? They think they're ranked seventh in the state of California right now. How is Hillcrest going to match up against guys like that? I like Hillcrest just because of, one, they've played together. This is a team that's won, what, two state championships back-to-back now? Back-to-back. And they're a team that their chemistry, like if you watch anything about them or see any media post on them, those guys love each other. And you can see yep. that you can feel the energy. You can see it from just the videos that you see. Um, Ike Sutton, one of my, one of my, man, I love Ike Sutton, his older brother. I played with at Idaho State. And uh, so shout out Lyle Sutton, Sutton Media. That's my guy. Yes, sir. Um, but, but I love Ike's game, his ability to score. And just he's just crafty. And he has a million ways that he can score on top of how his, his chemistry with Isaac Davis, who to me is probably the best athlete in the state, um, at least the best dunker by a mile. And those two together on top of the wing shooting that they got and they can stretch the floor. They've been together. They know how to play. They know how to defend. They love each other. The team's chemistry is high. Um, I think that playing against the Oakland team, though, is a little bit different challenge. You're going to have a team that comes in that's tough, that's tougher and, and scrappier and is going to talk a little trash. And are you going to be able to respond to that? And for me, the biggest part is when these things are happening, when they're picking you up, they're being scrappy, they're fouling you, talking to you, or are you going to lose your cool? And so from just hearing some of the things that I've heard with some of the guys on Hillcrest, some of these guys tend to lose their, lose their control and composure, you know, based upon pressure and, and trash talk, things of that nature. So if they can stay composed, handle pressure, and be able to create good shots for their teammates and move the ball well together, I think that they, they have a chance. Um, however, playing a team from Oakland just brings a different type of um, swagger and a different type of demeanor and, and rough toughness. So I think that it's going to be a dogfight. However, I am a Team Idaho guy, so I'm going to pick Hillcrest in this game too. I am I'm going with Salesian in this game um, after doing some research. Alvin Loving, uh, the fourth. They've got DeAndre Pertit, who's a big body for them. And then they've got a University of Hawaii commit in Alvin, I believe it's Alvin Gunkin Clater. Um, they've got guys, and, and they're, they're balanced, and they just won a tournament out there in NorCal. I think it's called uh, the Gidley, it, which is a big tournament out there. They won the championship game in overtime. Alvin Loving pulled up three in overtime at the buzzer to win the game. So they've already won a tournament against probably as good of, if not, if not higher level competition. They beat Branson, who's a real tough team, in, in the title game there, um, and they're coming over, and, and you know they're bringing that swagger. And, right. and, and, and you, you know they're bringing that hyphy life. And right. they're going to come over and they want to put on a show for us right. out here in Idaho. And, and so does Hillcrest. And Hillcrest is not afraid. Uh, Isaac Davis, the BYU commit, is not afraid of anything. Right. Um, Ike Sutton, U- University of Hawaii Pacific offer. Great offer for him. Right. Uh, that, that, in our argument we had a, a weeks ago, you thought Davis and Sutton may be the best duo in the state. Right. Which, which you're potentially correct there. I like Nash Humphrey and Barrett Wilson. Obviously, I came from Madison, right. so there's there's a lot there. Right. There's, there's a lot there with Hillcrest and Madison, right. opposite sides of the bracket for a reason. Right. right. Um, 
potentially they play each other, but um, storylines there. But I'm excited to see the the quote unquote role guys on Hillcrest and how they show up. Ike and and Isaac, Ike's going to have to shoot at a high clip in a game like that. Okay. Ike can get streaky. If Ike, if Ike is hitting shots, look out. Hillcrest can win that game. Isaac's going to do, is going to be him and he's going to surprise these guys from Oakland. Um, And then the other guys on Hillcrest have all one state. They were all three a part of the state title teams. Talon Taylor, the six, five shooter, Yep, Son of strap. Coach Taylor. Shout out Coach Taylor. Hillcrest, yep, our guy. Talon Taylor. So Ike and Isaac didn't play in their first couple games. Mm-hmm. Talon Taylor had 24 in a game. Right. And they beat a solid Preston team that's always yep. top five at the 4A level. Yep. Titan Larson, the junior. Yep. He had, he had uh, I think he had 18 in that game. He can play a big physical guard. He can shoot it. Yep. And then you've got Gavin Hepworth, who you don't leave Gavin Hepworth open. He'll hit five threes in a game, six threes right. in a game. And they're all athletes. They're long. They're physical. Um, they're all. They've got five college basketball players yep. on that team. Yep. So Hillcrest is impressive. There's a reason they're back-to-back state ty- uh, state champs. And and this matchup for me is is maybe going to be the most exciting. Uh, I mean, they all are exciting in their own way. I just I want to see what Isaac Davis and Ike Sutton are going to do with those other guys against. Our boys from Oakland, because I don't right. think this team from Oakland wants to come out and, and, and go to the breakfast bracket after right. one game and lose. Right. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to see how these Idaho teams do. Um, man, what a tournament. What a great job by Coach Andy Harrington, Coach Marcus Graham, all the guys over to Waihe to put this together. And it's because of what they've built, man, and, and what they've done. They've changed the game. They've stepped on toes to do it. Um, they, they, there's a lot of... Just so people know, a lot of people out here at Idaho very upset and very angry with what's happening over to Waihe High School and how the game is changing. And there's different aspects of it that, that are, are understood um, that we'll, we will talk about down the road. So tune into that episode. Maybe we'll do that one next after this tournament mm-hmm. and kind of get into that. because that, it's, But ultimately, from a guy who knows the game better than maybe anybody else out here uh, in yourself, what's happening is positive. Oh yeah, ultimately yeah. it's and, positive. And shout out to uh, Ad uh, Roy, Ad Roy, for 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 allowing these things to happen and to put forth the kids and the opportunities that these kids are getting by just being cool and being able to have it. So I think this is a big step for Idaho, whether people want to like it or not. Um, sometimes they they say that change comes the most when you're uncomfortable, and so that's where growth happens. So for us as a state and for us to expand on one. People should be tired of getting overlooked. People should be tired of, of getting the bottom barrel of recruitment. And we should be able to compete against the top and show that we have a product that is up there with everybody else in all these other states. And our old ways of doing things need to be done. We need to be able to go and play a national schedule. We need to be able to have these teams from all over come and play us and it not be an issue. Um, this right here with this tournament creates, it should create a atmosphere where people want to be better, where people want to improve their programs and not just from a varsity level, but from the ground up where they can provide a product that can go and compete at a high level and go out, go out elsewhere and play against these top teams. So we're not bringing just them in, but we're going out and we're competing and we're showing that we have not just one team, but maybe a couple teams that could compete at a high level. So um, this change that is happening and happening this week is, I think, a big step in the right direction for Idaho basketball. I mean, 100% 
on the same page. We're, we've been on the same page um, about this. We could talk about it for days, but I mean, we've got a guy in Blake Buchanan playing at Virginia, who is what nine and one nationally ranked, won the uh, the national championship three four years ago. We have a guy that I was I, I sent you the clip. I'm watching a nationally televised game the other day. I believe it was against Texas A&M when it, when they upset Texas A&M, and they were talking about Buchanan. And one of the announcers, former NBA guy, forgot who it was exactly, was was talking about Blake and his recruitment and how he got to Virginia from Idaho. And and he was like, I, I think the reason he wasn't highly recruited or looked at in, in the positive light is because he's an Idaho kid. Right. And for me to hear that was like, well, there you go. That's why the change is needed. Right. That conversation needs to stop. We've got USC out here. Right. Okay. We've got guys... Uh, the growth here from a real estate standpoint and, and economical standpoint, it, like this is one of the fastest growing places right. and most you know, popular places to move in a country and right. to live. And if anybody needs help on, on the real estate front, I'm a real estate agent, hit me up. <laughs> but, but anyway, this is a great place to come raise a family, a kids to be at safe, second safest city in the country. So people are moving out here. Right. Okay? There's a lot going on in the country. People are moving out here. And the athlete is changing. It has been changing. Right. Okay. Bowden Howell came out here. Right. He got out of a place that was uncomfortable for him. He's like, I want to come to Idaho, Hawaii. I want to be a Hooper. I'm going to Hawaii. People are getting upset about stuff like that. Be, be, a culture has been built. Okay. Like you said, there is an atmosphere um, over at Hawaii High School from, from Principal Rice to A.D. Roy to, to all, all the sports programs. Back-to-back state baseball championships, their first two years in existence, a softball runner-up finish and state championship softball team, and the football team, uh, what they did this year, it, it just it's changing. A why he's changing it, not just at the basketball level. Soccer state championship. Soccer state they championship. They got the basketball state championship in year one. Shout out future Miss Graham for the soccer state championship in her first year coaching. It's a culture, it's a vibe, Mark. and. Anybody that knows anything about what it needs to look like and have co- has come from a different place. I'm from Portland. Okay, you've been around the block. Oh, you everywhere. know. Okay, it looks different than what it looks like here now. Right. That's what we want to talk about. Right. We want to share things that we've learned and we've seen to benefit this state in in how to improve. And right. it's, it's and no negativity behind it. It's supposed to be a positive thing. And people are, like you said, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's going to be hurtful in some ways for people based on perception and all that. But, but I'm excited about it. Right. It's happening. Here we are. We get, we get this tournament. People who come see this tournament are going to understand this is different. Right. This is different. And that's what, why he's doing in a nutshell and they're building it and, 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 and we support it. Right. Um, talk about that more later. We're also going to talk about on this podcast girls basketball, um, which is is blowing up. Um, right. You know, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, girls like right. Avery Howell out here, who right. who is potentially going to be wearing one of them jerseys you got on soon. Right, Boise's the Idaho's top player, I, I believe, is going to be a McDonald's All American if the whispers are true. Um, that would be incredible. Right, um, not since Destiny Slocum have yeah. we had. And I think Destiny was the first. Yeah. Avery is potentially going to be the second. You know, like, and in this tournament, you know, we've got all these D1 commits, all these college athletes, we, girls basketball. I believe in the 2024 class, I believe there's 15 Division One commits right now in the state of Idaho. It needs to be talked about. 
needs to be talked about. Right, that's that, that's more than the guys. Right. Like it needs to be talked about, and then we'll we'll talk we'll touch on college basketball as well, which you're extremely familiar with and passionate right. about, and of course NBA, which everybody loves. Right. Um, and so we're about out of time on this one. We don't want to go too long and bore everybody. Um, but a, a couple more questions before we end here, from a college scene, girls or guys. Give me your top college girls player that you enjoy watching and your top male player. Um, for me, on a girl side, it's Caitlin Clark. No question. Just because she, she does everything. And I was watching, a, there was a post that I seen of her, and it was her talking to her teammates. And she's actually in tears explaining to them how much pressure she deals with and how she doesn't want it to be about her. She wants it to be about her team and the team success. And that's why she's going and training as hard as she is. That's why she's waking up before everybody. That's why she's the first to the gym, last leave, is because she wants them to have success because she already gets enough attention and media and everything. And you know, she doesn't want her teammates to think that because she's this big icon and this big star that they don't matter. And they do, and that she wouldn't be in a position that she's in without them giving her the ball, without them believing in her, without them trusting her and the coaching staff believing in her. So for her, um, she's one of those people that, for me, watching a person compete, she's a winner. She wants to win. She'll do whatever it takes. From being the first player to have 3,000 career points on top of 750 rebounds, 750 assists, that right there is an accomplishment. To me, there's the best, the biggest accomplishment out of both male and female basketball um, college basketball so she's one of those players that I like to watch I also watch you know Angel Reese and, and stuff right now obviously she got you know I guess you could say suspended for for maybe low GPA or whatever the case may be but she's back and she's playing well that LSU team has a great freshman South Carolina has a great freshman um, the the women's basketball scene is, is really it, it's really expanding and growing and I think that part of that has to do with Caitlin Clark and her success in LSU last year so um, those would be my people that I kind of watch. And I also watch Juju from USC that is just a beast. And she's second right now in the country in scoring behind Caitlin Clark. Um, and she's just a bucket and very efficient freshman guard. So um, that's on the women's side. And then on the men's side, honestly, this year I've really been watching a lot of Rob. Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard from Kentucky just because they're coming off the bench. And for me, a lot of guys – especially out here in Idaho, think that they have to be starters and that they're going to go from being the star in their high school team to then going to college and being that same role when it's not always like that. Um, look at Rob Dillingham. He's McDonald's All-American, five-star um, player and could have played in all these big, um, you know, McDonald's All-American games, Jordan Brand Classic, those big games. And, you know, he took a little different route, went a little, went to OTE, first started at Donda, and then now he goes to Kentucky thinking that he's going to be the starting point guard. They have another five-star McDonald's American commit, and then he comes off the bench. Same with Reed Shepard, who is, to me, those two are playing the best right now in Kentucky, and they're both off the bench. So they're stars in their role, and for me, that's something that I enjoy to see because that's guys that are team first. If you're able to come off the bench and still produce and have great energy and great um, positive vibes to the rest of your teammates, that's a huge thing that, I, that stands out to me. But overall, in college, I've been watching them a little bit. I've been watching um, – Arizona with Caleb Love and seeing how he's doing and seeing the different change. I'm a big UNC guy, so seeing him leave and him going over to Arizona and still thriving is good to see. However, his you know tenure at UNC was a little bit different. But looking at UNC, I'm very um, kind of, I guess you could say, disappointed a little bit just because as a UNC guy, we typically recruit the athletic big guys or, or bigs, and we don't really 
focus on three-point shooting, and I think that that's something that would really expand their success, even though we are very successful at what we do. But if we were to recruit a couple more sharpshooters and have those available on the team instead of just having, you know, R.J. Davis as top shooter, we have Elliot Cadeau that, in my opinion, if he was the starting one that played the bulk of the minutes, I think that he'd be a double-double guy with assists. He creates shots for his teammates easy, or he had a 10-assist game. Um, and he's just fun to watch. But... Uh, for, for college, I watch, I watch almost everybody. I try to watch as many games as I can so I can talk about a variety of teams. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go with Juju Watkins as well, who our girl Avery Howe from Boise High is going to be playing with next year. Avery mm -hmm. Howe, part of the top recruiting class in the country, who is going to be implemented into what Juju's doing next year. Juju's just popping. Like popping. She's a freshman phenom. Um, she's a future first-round pick. Yep. And Caitlin Clark uh, is going to be a first-round pick. Uh, the top pick, the first not first pick. round, not <laughs> top picks, the top picks. Pick. I think they're both going to be top picks. Caitlin Clark, uh, Indiana Fever, right down the road from U U University of Iowa, is so she she's going to be close to home, and I, I like that she's going to go to the uh, the Fever out there at, in Indiana. I'm excited for that. Can't wait. I'm gonna get myself a jersey made. But Juju and Caitlin Clark special. Uh, you mentioned Kentucky, so I'm going to mention my guy that popped off against Kentucky. Trezarian White from UNC Wilmington. If you if you do not know who Trezarian White is, go check him out. He's averaging 21 a game right now. Mm -hmm. And anytime he doesn't score 20, they lose. Anytime he's above 20, I believe there's only one game where it was a blowout against a lower level team that where he didn't score 20 and they won. But he he's popping off six, seven junior guard. I think got a future in the NBA. I'm 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 keeping up with him. I love these smaller schools not not a lot of people follow as much like the unc kentucky mm -hmm. the blue bloods that guys that come out of nowhere like a john morant did right whatnot. i like when guys like that pop and i hope they get a chance to get to the tournament and i like guys like that carrying their team you know making a name for themselves whatnot so i'm a unc wilmington fan this year so trezarian white but uh last question and then we'll wrap it up best player in the nba bro best player in the nba the best player that this season, I think, for the last couple seasons would be the Joker. So the Joker. That's who I that's who I would pick. It may not be the most exciting to watch, but from an efficiency standpoint and from a winning standpoint, he gets it done. And the thing is, he doesn't really care about himself. He cares about his teammates. Yes, he gets all the accolades and all the attention, but for him, he'd much rather just share it with his teammates and and go on about his day. He's kind of like there to do his job, and then once he's done, he's done. So. I would say he's the best player in the NBA right now. It's kind of hard for me to say because it's not somebody that I would, you know, model my game after. However, he is, you know, a stud and stuffs the stat sheet and he gets the job done. But if you're looking for a, a look or a, a <laughs> style, um, uh, it's not really my cup of tea. But at the end of the day, you know, I like winning and I like efficiency. So those, that's who I would say is the best. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. I think he's shown that. Um, I'll talk about someone else who I'm a big fan of. Just had a triple-double in the first half yeah, of a game. Luka Doncic, and he's growing, and he's getting mm -hmm. better. And, and man, and it's good to see him and Kyrie meshing. Right. Right? And Kyrie is uh, – we saw Kyrie do it with LeBron, playing off right. a guy like that. You kind of get that type of vibe. Right. Um, Mavericks are going to have to obviously play a little bit more defense if, if right. they're going to be valid. I'd love to see them go after a DeRozan or a Zach Levine to give them, like, a third – like serious option, but Luca's the type of guy for me, especially as a pass first point guard who can dominate a game without scoring a bucket. Right. He can dominate a game. I mean, he gets buckets. Like he he is a buckets, bucket. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But he can dominate a game like LeBron does, like Steve Nash used to do guys like that. 
without with just just facilitating, making plays, simplifying the game, creating higher percentage shots. And that's what I really like about Luca with his size. Um, and to have a triple-double in, in a half is Crazy. pure insanity. Right. Joker could do it too. Right. There are not a lot of guys that could do it. Those are two of the guys, right. the two of them European dudes, right. who, who big bad boys, who and neither of them looks like they spend a ton of time in a weight room like, right. like molding their body. You know they lift, you know that they're strong. But they just go about their business. They're higher IQ than everybody. They have a yep. special understanding, and they dominate with their brain. And, and they play at their pace. And at their own, yeah, they dictate tempo. They all that, which we'll get into in future episodes of the game within the game. Yep. How these guys really are just at an advantage because of what's going on up here. Right. The game is 80, 90 percent mental, and and they dominate with their eyes and their mouth and their yep. brain, and it, it's incredible. So. Tune in for that down the road. Uh, this was more of an intro podcast. Wanted to touch on the Hawaii tournament where Idaho guys were out here. We want to talk about the biggest tournament the state has ever seen. We're excited about it. Um, and at the end of each episode, we, we want to just close with a little prayer. Yep. Because we are both you know, God-fearing men. We love Jesus. Yep. Um, that's a big priority for us. Um, hence the, the want to be positive in everything we do. There's going to be constructive criticism at time we're going to break guys games down we've already right. talked about Bowie's game and right. and you know ike's game and, and we'll break the, their games down in our opinion to hopefully help guys right and just show love and just enhance people's games and lives talk about the game of basketball so um i'll close us out in a quick prayer shout out caden procise cdm productions uh for being our guy behind the camera and coach dm is here too always supporting always showing the love so Thank you, Heavenly Father. We, uh, we appreciate the ability to just sit here and spend time together in, in fellowship, talking about something we love and we're passionate about and something that you have allowed us to do. Um, and just thank you for this friendship, uh, these friendships. And we pray that this podcast is blessed uh, moving forward and that people can take something from it um, and that you just, you just guide us. You guide us in every direction we need to go and continue to open doors for us and closed doors that we need as well. So bless these athletes this week. Help us to have a great time at this tournament. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us on Hooper's Delight Episode 1. I know we're going to look back down the road and be like, man, we did it in, in, in this living room and with the, with the girls' ball. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you guys joining us. Tune in and, and like and share. And we're going to have some fun with it, man. Love, Love you, follow. Man. Love you too, bro. Yes, sir, boy. Cool.